Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. The Gilmore Bros Podcast. My name is Eleni. <laughs> and I'm Jeffrey. Oh my god. And today... We're going to be discussing... Episodes 15 and 16. Of season 2. What is episode 15's title? Lost and Found. What is episode 16's title? There's the rub. Oh, good job, Jeffrey. <laughs> I covered his notebook so he couldn't see them. Like I said last week, I don't know why... Sometimes, sometimes the, with this show, Are with all titles or just this show, just with this show, like, I don't you know, know other ones. Yeah. Like that's rude. <laughs> no, no. I feel like with sitcoms, I'm better at remembering the titles with, with like hour long shows. I'm not, it's weird. All right. And I feel like it's because I've, I've rewatched more sitcoms than I have. Probably. But I've rewatched Gilmore Girls a lot. So, so it doesn't hold true. No. Okay. Um, today. We said that already. We did. doesn't matter. But today, <laughs> before we jump into the episodes, I had a little topic of conversation that I wanted to discuss with Please. you. Please. Um, so the Oscars were last week, the week before. When is this airing? <laughs> Whatever. This the is, Oscars passed. Yes. This is airing on the February 21st. So... Okay. The Oscars have yeah. been come and gone. Yes. And I wanted to say congratulations to Renee Zellweger. Oh, yes. For um, her portrayal of Judy. In Judy. In Judy. <laughs> because um, I watched it. I watched half of it. Oh, you did? So here's the thing. Okay. I did a bad thing. You did a bad thing? I watched it illegally. <laughs> no, that's fine. But then it, remember, didn't, it wasn't buffering anymore. Two, <laughs> two years ago, remember when Call Me By Your Name was really popular? Yes, yes. So I wanted to see that in the theater. Mm. And it was like out over Christmas time. And then I didn't get to the theater. Yeah, that's the thing that happened with Judy. I couldn't get yeah. to the theater. And they really didn't let, let it live in the theater very long. No, I mean, I I don't know how long I was in the theater. I mean, Not very long I saw, here. Okay, so I saw it twice I in the know. week that it came out. But, like, but for example, like, Call, Call Me By Your Name wasn't playing out where we live. It was only playing downtown. So, what, okay, so, I, so yeah. I had to go all the way to the forum to see it. And I'm like, uh, it didn't happen. But I'm like, I really want to fucking see it. So, so I yeah, legally did it. It was really blurry. <laughs> I know. Mine too was really blurry, but you could tell she did a really good job. And yeah. also after a certain point, I think like at minute like 42, it just wouldn't go anymore. And I was like, come on. So now I'm on the waiting list at the library. You can borrow our DVD if you'd like. Oh, intriguing. My cousin, our cousin wanted to borrow it and she was going to, and she was so, my mom was supposed to give it to her when they had lunch. Yeah. And then the lunch was canceled and I was like, thank God, because I didn't want, like, I, like, I don't mind lending her things, but I'm never going to get it back. You know, it's going to be oh, like, you know you'll get it back with me. It's going to be like six months and I'm going to be like. You know that I take good care of myself. I know. And like, she, and I'm not saying that she, she doesn't take care of things, but like, it'll be six months. Yeah. But like, okay, can I have it back yeah. now? You no, know I, I mean? get it. Speaking of not returning things, my friend still hasn't returned a book of mine that she's had for like over four years. Have we ever discussed that on the podcast? No. Okay. Do well, you want to? Yes, please. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. So, what was it? it? Was Which book was it? I don't remember. So, the book is The Girl on the Train. Oh, right. Of course. So, my friend is not a big reader. Are you still friends with her? Yeah, we're still friends. Okay. But we haven't spoken. It's one of those friends I haven't spoken to in a while yeah, because she, we work separate. Yeah. Whatever. We work far away from each other yeah. she lives downtown and life life went and life happens but we're still yeah. friends we still speak we still text whatever i'm still mad at her for this <laughs> um so you what could, happened you could like use it as an excuse to get together like That's hey true. but you know what we did get together like right we got together right after i came back from new brunswick so let's say like in july of this year of last year with yes. 2019 or in 2020 uh <laughs> and i saw her and I, honestly i completely forgot to ask her about it beforehand and it came to the day of, like, we were getting together, and I texted her too late. She had already left her house. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, so... I mean, that's not bad, though. 
You know, no. it could have been like, you could have been like, hi, can I please, you know, it could be worse. Like, you'd be like, book yeah. Now. <laughs> like, no, so what happened was, um, she, when she used to live much, much closer to me, she would come over sometimes mm-hmm. and she's, I had a lot of books in my bookcase and she's like, oh, I really want to get into reading. I hate when people say that. Oh, me too. I or hate. Like, I, or like, I love books. I, really, I wish I read more. Like. No one's stopping you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or uh, my New Year's resolution is to read more. I know. And I, like, what... I feel like if you have to force yourself in a New Year's resolution, you're not going to do it. No, I'm about... Not that, I, not that I don't admire people who want to learn, read more. That's fine. But if you have to force yourself, know. just do it on your own terms, you know? You know, that I totally agree. What bothers me about that is that, like, I feel like reading and books in general are regarded as like intellectual and like ooh you have time for reading and it's oh like, yeah it's it's more of a leisure thing yeah where it's like, like whenever i'm reading my grandmother thinks i'm not doing anything okay well that's different because your your grandmother thinks that anything no, you do is leisure no but i mean it's a thing like people just see you reading they're like oh well you should go put the book down i'm like it's not it's not seen as an activity that you can like yeah it's a hobby it no but it's seen as one of those things that you can just stop at any let's go like you're just reading let's go that's a way of life that's completely foreign to me me too (laughs) anyways so yeah she was like i really want to get into reading what do you recommend and i'm like well what do you like and i know she's really into thrillers and mysteries and stuff like that so i'm like well it's a good place to start with the girl on the train so i let her borrow it because she was also going on vacation so, um... This book might be in terrible condition when you get it well, back. Well, she's gonna buy me a new one if it's in terrible condition. You hear that, Santa? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Please so. center this podcast episode. Be like, we blasted you. On the podcast, no. Um, yeah, so she took it. She's never read it. And she still has it. I think she even saw the movie. So there's no point in reading it now. I mean, the movie was good. But- Absolutely, but I mean, like realistically speaking, somebody who wants to get into reading okay, and, who already, read it. and who already saw the movie, they're not going to read it, just right? Just ask for it back So just give point. it to me at this point, okay? Yeah. So we're going to contact Sayana after this episode. We're going to do a reaching. We should record my conversation with Sayana. <laughs> we should, like, you know, on radio shows, we're like, we're calling the person now. We should. Just, should like, we call her on the air? Conference her in. Oh, my God. Let's no, not. we'll do it after. <laughs> Jeffrey will take me doing it. Or will he? Anyways, so all this to say, Renee Zellweger won the Oscar. Yes. Okay, and a couple of weeks ago, more than that, I don't know why I keep saying a couple, multiple weeks ago, we had posted um, the article about there possibly being a second revival. Yes. Okay, so I got a Old call. news. No, no, that's not what we're discussing. Okay. I'm not bringing that shit up again. No. I'd rather not. A pin is very much in that. No, no, that's not what I wanted to discuss. The, the, the part that I wanted to discuss was um, this person commented... I couldn't watch the first revival. Lauren Graham's Lauren Graham's face is just so fake with these poor beauty operations. Yes, I saw that. She don't look like Lorelai Gilmore anymore. I just can't look at this. And you replied. And I replied, I think it's called Aging. The show first aired in 2001. It's been 20 years. I think it was 2000. It's true, yes. I think you're slipping. It's true, yeah. I, I even said 20 years ago, 2001. <laughs> Anyways, and then she goes, You are kicked off this podcast. Whatever. And then she's like, old isn't the problem. A bad surgery is. I don't think Lauren Graham has had work. So here's the thing. In my Here's opinion. the thing. Here's what I wanted to bring up with that. And then a couple, this time actually a couple of weeks ago, we posted a picture of Kelly Bishop, um, who was in the original Dirty Dancing. Which I didn't know until you posted that. And I said she aged well. She did. She did. But and, she looked, and she looked great in the revival too. She did. She looked great in the revival. But here's the thing that I want to talk about just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Women women aging? Women aging in Hollywood. Oh, boy. Because 
The reason I brought up Renee Zellweger is because remember when she came out of hiatus? Re- she... Like Judy was her comeback vehicle. Yes, so. but like when she first came out into the media, uh, I mean, like into the public before she did the movie. Yeah. Um, she had had surgery apparently. Like Plastic yeah, surgery. some like Botox, like in her cheeks. Some fillers, I think. Yeah. Her her face looked a little bit much, but but like it's pro- like. But here's the thing. No, no, no. Wait. Anyway, okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna have some feelings about this. No, exactly. That's why I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> Um, why do we care? And I want to read you some of the reactions. <laughs> okay. Oh, to, to Renee Zellweger. Okay. Because, um... Oh my God. There's a whole article. Yeah, there's a whole article that's... There's more than one, by the The reactions way. to Renee Zellweger's face say more about us than her. I agree. It's true, because... Wait, back up. Yeah, so this is the picture. We'll post it if you want. That's been, that was a while ago, because she didn't look Yeah, like this she... was in 2014, and I oh, think okay. it was much, much more recent, because her face looks fine now. And she looks younger now than she does in that picture. It does. I think it's just a bad picture. It is. Um... So, people were calling her disgusting. People were calling her, like, what happened to her? Why did she do that to herself? Um, Frankenstein, like, stuff like that. You knew I, you knew I would have a lot to say about this, I mean, you? the reason I brought it up is because it all kind of happened at the same time. We You're got, baiting me right now. No, I'm not baiting you. We got that comment. <laughs> we got that comment, and I was kind of triggered by it, and I was like, yo, it's called aging. It's yeah. been, you know, like, we're not all going to look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the aging process. Um, we got that comment. She won the Oscar. I was reminded of all this. Something else happened. My, bro- my mother's way too obsessed with, like, creams. <laughs> and she's gotten me very obsessed with creams. Like, anti-aging creams. Yeah, like, oh, my God, wrinkles disappear in 12 seconds. And you're like, no. Yeah. And my mom, my mom's 56 years old. She's going to be 56 next week. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, not to toot my, my own horn, <laughs> my mom's horn, let's get, <laughs> I guess. My mom really doesn't look 56, but she's so obsessed with her face. Like, she's so obsessed with her wrinkles. And she's like, look, look, look. And I'm like, I can't see anything. You look perfect. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, this picture of Renee Zellweger looks nothing like her. And they attached an image of a chair. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So then the author goes on to say, in fact, the reactions to Renee's new face say more about us than we do about her, than they do about her. We want to know about the personal reasons behind it. We remember her as a size 12 Bridget with the plump cheeks. We decide that she looked better before. We tweet an opinion. Yeah. And it's true. Exactly. Like. No. And what. It's so easy for this person then to comment. If you, if you were so bothered by someone's face. 20 years later. That's on you. Yeah, that you didn't watch the fucking revival. That's on you. Of a beloved show. That's on you. Yeah. And I feel sad for you. Yeah. My my thoughts on, you know, women in Hollywood having work done on their face or like anti-aging regiments. Like, to me, I like... It's hard. I think, like you said, it's hard for me to have an opinion because, like, I'm not in that. I'm not in that that scenario. I'm not in that world. I guess, but like, it's difficult because there are men who have work done in their face, but like, yeah. it's but it's far less likely for a man in Hollywood to, you know, feel a need to have work done in his face because he would probably still, you know, get work and get roles despite the fact that he's aged. Because exactly. like, men are given the platform and the opportunity to age and still be successful, whereas women, not so much. Yeah. Can we agree? Yes, we can agree. Because I find with women in Hollywood that that in itself is a very misogynistic business and a a very misogynistic industry. Yeah. So, like, I feel like as a rule, women are not very much given the opportunity to age in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. So that's why they then... That's why the... 
you know, having worked on your face to make you to make you, to make yourself look younger becomes like feels like more of a necessity to then you know still get work and still have the opportunity to be considered for roles. Whereas you know, men, it's more they can just age beautifully or terribly and still get roles. But, you know. Yeah. So that's the thing. You know, like we're always amazed. Like recently, Jennifer Aniston turned fifty-one. <clears throat> Like, she's 51. I know. Like, Jane Fonda is 80. Like, great, congrats. Or, like, J- never... or J-Lo. Yeah, or J-Lo. J-Lo. But let's be honest, she's in fucking good shape, 50 and, years old. Yeah, I know, you. but, like... But, you... I mean, why are we always so amazed? Women can do things. I know. And, like, if, it's it's a very... It's, very com- it's a very complex thing we're talking about here because it's, like, the industry itself is built around our reactions and, yeah, it's, I know, and but... it's built around how stars want us to react you know like, but do they do they want us commenting on no their faces? they don't but it's like it's vi- like it's it's there's no way we can like discuss this uh you know in ha- and reach some kind of consensus i find because it's so complicated <laughs> but all of that to say i find that when people it kind of it, it bothers me when people feel the need to comment on someone's on a on a female star's face yeah. whether or not they have they've had work done or not. Yeah. Because the, also this whole speculation about if they have or haven't. Why does it why do you need to know? I know. But why? But what pains me about that is that in my in my opinion like in my head the star gets worked on her face to be to be look to look younger and therefore you know have more opportunities as a, as a working actress. Yeah. So when someone then feels the need to say, "Oh, she looks awful," or yeah. like, "Oh, it's like," in my head, the the star is getting the surgery to look more acceptable for you. Exactly. For you and then be- you turn around and be like, "You look awful." Yeah. But then you only hire younger women. Exactly. You know what I also hate in fucking Hollywood? What? Besides a lot of things is the age gap that usually happens in films. Mm-hmm. Like, where they get a 50-year-old actor to act with, like, a 20-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to believe that that's a believable couple. Exactly. That's d- gross. But that also, like, plays into this thing that, like, we're going to get a really young woman, but the man is fine. No matter what age he is, it doesn't matter. Exactly. As long as the woman's young, the couple's believable. It's, like, a very... It's a very... It's um, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very precise mix of ageism and sexism. Yeah. Together. And, like, it's easy enough to say, like, well, they just don't have to accept those roles, these women. Because I've heard people say that. Like, women should just demand that their actor be the same age as them. Oh. Oh, they're never going to work again. Exactly. Like, like come no, on. No, and I find, I mean, I, I don't know do if, the, I don't know the gender of the person who commented on our post about Lauren Graham's face. Oh, I don't face. know either. Let me check. Um, you know, but not that it matters, but. It doesn't matter. But, but more times than not. It's, it's women? It's kind of. maybe it's that's, a woman. Okay. But like, but that's what pisses me off too. It's women usually commenting about women. Why yeah. do you do that? You know, people do it to you. That's like internalized misogyny at yeah, its of finest. Course. Because, like, the gossip industry and the media, like, it thrives on pitting people, women. on pitting women against each that's other. That's what I was kind of getting at. And last what really, and yeah, and what really bothers me about that is that when I'm not gonna, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't know this woman, so I'm not, gonna, no, I don't I'm know not gonna her start either. speaking for her, but like, when women fall prey to that like and they don't even realize that they're in this like you're giving them exactly what they want yeah. it's like hello can yeah. you stop like yeah. you know what i mean like you know after the super bowl where j-lo and shakira fucking killed it 
Yeah, wasn't there a bunch of like online comments about they look they like strippers? They are not good role models. They're half naked. Um, excuse me, the year before Adam Levine was half naked and nobody had a comment about that. I did. I enjoyed it. Okay, but... <laughs> You know what I mean. I know. You know? And I it's def- more often definitely. than not women going, I'm a mother and they're not good role models. Fuck you. You know that if you had a body like that at 50, you'd be on a fucking pole too. I actually, when, you know how like on Twitter they have in like the search section, it's like a, like the Twitter moments of like hot topics. Yes. Where you can like scroll through yeah. all the. I'm still all, new to Twitter. Or you can like scroll through all the latest <laughs> yes, yes, tweets yes. about a certain subject, like a certain news item. Yeah. I saw that and I purposely didn't, didn't go No, in. I didn't dive deeper either because I knew I was just going to get frustrated because what right do we have? To, like they're entertainers you know and what I, I mean and I'm, you want good role models for your daughters ladies be good role models for your daughters you can't be looking at celebrities to be good role models for your I daughters know. raise your own kids that's number one number two they did nothing wrong they were dancing and, and if, singing and, and if anything like I, f- I feel like J-Lo and Shakira's performance um has means that we've come so far from the days of Janet Jackson's nip slip you yeah. know like and the puritan like no and like the puritanical reactions to that and like how her how her, her career but are we though because a bunch clearly of, not yeah exactly. you know and, i thought we were over that shit and, and I thought, Which, by the way how does justin timberlake get invited back to the I fucking know. halftime show but janet jackson's band good thing that you weren't on twitter when that performance good. happened no but when when justin timberlake went back to the to the Super to Bowl. To the Super Bowl halftime yeah, show. Yeah, good thing you were on Twitter when that happened because literally I was livid. When they announced Justin Timberlake as the halftime show performer, I was fucking livid. I was like, how dare because I'll tell you why. Because growing up, we always watched football. Like that was my dad and my brother's sport. Even though we're Canadian and we watch hockey. But like my dad and my brother were really into football. And what did I used to do on Sundays? I used to watch football with them. So like the Super Bowl was a big thing. My dad and my brother always used to go to a Super Bowl party. Yeah. And I always used to watch the Super Bowl alone at home. Because my mom but I didn't care. But like it was a guys only Super Bowl party and my mom was not gonna watch football. Yeah. So um but I didn't care. It was like it was it got it, it was like a way for me to then talk to my dad about like yeah I saw that and like no no so like I remember watching that live the two, like the two thousand four yeah the nip slip yeah and like by the way she had a cover on her nipple okay. and it was literally a split second yeah I know like such a split second but how hold on but the thing is the the reason I'm bringing that up is like how do you look at that and say yeah she's to blame for that and let's invite that guy back like in my opinion nobody should have been banned. And he made such like he went. He was a he threw her under the bus. And then he ba- he's backpedaled so many times. Yeah. And it's like. By the way, I have my own beef with Justin Timberlake because recently it just came out that him he made a bet with who can like bag Jessica Simpson first. Really? Ew. Yeah. Not a kiss her. She said kiss, but like. And he also a uh, a long time ago now, um, he made comments about Britney um, Spears. That, but no, but he like indirectly. Justin Timberlake, you're a douchebag. No, indirectly he made comments about Britney Spears because. The, like an interviewer asked him about what he feels, how he feels about Vegas residencies. And he made, he went on this like bitter rant about how, oh, well, you know, it just seems to me that it's like you're, once your once your career is dead, that's where you go and blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm like that. Yeah. Say that to Celine Dion. Yeah. And like that, I understand, I understand that opinion because that's what Vegas used to be, you know, but yeah, it's but not anymore. Yeah, but it's not anymore. that anymore. And I, and I'm but not. But didn't he make a comment about Britney Spears' virginity? He did. A long time ago. Like, why are we still. This is this is okay, but Renee Zellweger gets some fillers, and we gotta tear her down. So was was that article you're reading from 2014? That one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, she won on in, on the Sunday of the yeah, Oscars, and like and I'm people not, were still commenting on it. And like, I'm not gonna say like, let it go. It happened five years ago. I know, and I'm not gonna say like she has my work done, but it's more like at this point, who gives a fuck? Who cares? And but at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself then when people are like, "Oh my God, she looks great," because when people when people say that, my first instinct would be like, "Well, she's had some work done." But also, I feel like um, I'm I'm kind of guilty of what you're saying too. Because my mom and I, my mom didn't watch the Super Bowl this year, but I watched it and I was like, did you see the performance? She was like, no, was it good? And then we watched it together, like on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And she was like, God damn it. They look so good. How do they look so good? And I was like, well, how do they look so good? I don't know about work, but I told my mom, I'm like, it's literally their job to look good. Exactly. Especially you know I mean? like they have trainers, they have personal chefs. They like, it's their job. Yeah. You know how we wake up every morning and go to a job? Their job is to go to the gym. Yeah. And that's not putting anyone down. I'm just no. saying like, that's what they're you know and nothing against JLo but her but her, but her brand in the last few years has kind of been reliant on I'm 50 and I'm lo- and I look like this and you know what good for her exactly my whole point this week was like <laughs> if you the, my rage stems it's, from the fact that like if you didn't watch the revival because you think maybe Laura, Lauren Graham had work done I feel sad for also, you also not that it matters and, and again I I know when I say these things I am engaging with yeah. with the gossip culture I know but I personally don't think Lauren Graham said worked on her on her face. And again, it doesn't. And even if she has, matter. even if she has, who cares? Yeah, I mean, she, apparently, because somebody replied to this comment, um, like kind of on our side, our I like we're collective now. <laughs> but she was like, "You cannot prove whether she did or she did not have surgery. All I know is that in her book, she spent an entire chapter talking about how facial surgery is sad for actors and completely changing your face or body for the sake of a role is ruining society." I don't know if she actually said that. I don't remember that. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think it's a stretch um, because I don't think Lauren Graham seems like the judgy type because that sounds a little judgy. Yeah. it's. I think she meant it more personally. She would never change her face yeah. for the role. But even if she did. I don't think, and I don't think actresses have worked on their face for a specific role. I think it's more like. Just in general to be younger to get roles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also I think a good comparison of women having worked, women in Hollywood having worked on their face is Courtney Cox. The, that. But comparing that to when um, like pop singers use auto tune in their music. Yeah. It's kind of like, and I, when I was in CJEP, I wrote a whole uh, article about auto tune in pop music for a journalism class. And my the point I was arguing in that, in that article was like more, like more times than not in this day and age, auto tune is used to, you know, help. Not not always help with a person's performance, but like to give a song or an album a certain sound mm-hmm. to make it maybe more successful or make it you know more more for what they were going for. And a lot of times, singers who use auto tune in their work have already shown their vocal ability elsewhere. But, but see, like, the only problem that I have with that comparison is that ugly or not, if you're a bad actor, it shows. <laughs> and you're a good actor it shows you know what I mean yeah whereas some people not everyone because I understand what you're saying some people just use autotune to get a certain sound and they they can sing no problem yeah I think some artists take it to the extreme oh yeah where they rely heavily on it and whereas if you get surgery whether you get the surgery or not if you can't act you can't act yeah exactly you and can't get it nobody got their Oscar because they got fillers and I feel like if you're a bad singer uh autotune can kind of 
make it seem like you can sing. And I feel like there have been some pop singers who have been created off of auto-tune. Yeah, but eventually when you have to perform live, it's yeah. going to catch up to you. And those singers don't really have career longevity, shall yeah. we say. So Can Justin Timberlake sing? I don't know. I don't really care for him. And, Cry me and, and I never really have. Like... A couple of songs here and there, but not really. But like, he's such, he's the epitome of a douchebag. Yeah. Like a guy that I can never, like a person, I won't say guy or girl because like a person that I can never get behind because even if their music is great, because they're just shitty. Yeah. White. Shitty people. He's the epitome of white male privilege. (laughs) See, now you're using my term. Now I'm using it a lot. My impact. Okay, let's get into the episode. That was just my thought for episodes. We got episodes. We're doing five, fifteen, 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 and sixteen. Yes. That was just my thought for this week because I was having a bad week and. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't mean to spend twenty five minutes talking about that. Well, too bad. They're here and they're listening. Right. That's all that matters. Okay. Please don't leave us. So, remember last week when I said that that was a bad cold open? Yes. This was also a terrible cold open. <laughs> I like this cold open because oh it... Oh my ha- God, you the- like all the cold opens. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because... Because why? <laughs> it has a quote from Rory that I really like just because it's... It's, it's, it's a pop culture reference that I get. You know, and when you, you know, like when you get one of the references, you're like, I, I get it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, like cuts her hand... Trying to clean up the gutters. Fucking the drama llama. And so, she, my, that's where that, that screenshot came from that time that I posted. Yes, the dramatic. Yes, yeah. where she's like, I'm, I'm just being dramatic. It's what I do. Yeah. Um, Like, they're talking about how she cut her hand or something. And uh, Rory says, you know, why don't you go to the hospital? Yeah. And Lorelai says, what, go to the hospital? I'm never going to come back. And so Rory says, well said, Ida Morgenstern. I love it. And so Ida Morgenstern is... Uh, Rhoda's overbearing mother, overbearing Jewish mother from both. We have to specify that she's a Jewish mother. <laughs> overbearing Jewish mother from both the Mary Tyler Moore show and, and the spinoff of Rhoda. Rest in peace. Which are two of my favorites. So I got, I get that reference. So Yay. I'm very proud. Um, so the whole premise of this episode is that Lorelai and Jess are trying to get along for Rory's sake. Mm-hmm. Rory tells both of them that they should try to get along. And she tries to use Luke as an excuse. Like, we like Luke. We're going to see you a lot. Like, we got to we gotta yeah. all get along. But really, just Rory won't get with Jess. <laughs> she I wants was, to climb yeah. him. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, I do too. But that's pretty my. Um, So I feel like the underlying implication here is that Rory has feelings for Jess, right? Yeah, of is course. That, because, like... Lorelai's not stupid. She's like, why do you want me to like Jess? I feel like this episode is good at beating around the bush yeah but, but it also be called obviousville <laughs> but it also prolongs the obvious like the 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 what's the word the yeah prolongs the inevitable is the word yeah. I was looking for. so can we say that it's unclear who caesar is until the other actor assumes the role yes later so on. i was thinking of you this weekend because when the guy walks out of the kitchen that's they're not like, caesar yeah but they're like oh my god caesar's cooking and but i'm like but that's not Either. Yeah. So yeah, I understand what you were saying last time. I exactly. think it just got lost in translation. It last did, time. and I don't think it mattered really who he it was. It didn't really, but I was very frustrated because I was like, I think I've seen the other guy before, and I'm, anyways, whatever. So when That's does when does the more like plump actor? I think season three. Okay. But because we'll have to until check. until that until when, until the point that that actor assumes the role of Caesar, who that character is is very unclear. I don't know, but apparently he's Caesar. Anyway. But yeah, and I like I like the character when that actor plays it. Yeah, I like Pumpkin. He's, he's cute. Yeah. Um. 
so Jess is causing hell again. Again. But, um, well, these, these two episodes are very hellish. Yes, because um, Liz ships the rest of Jess's oh things. Oh, my God. It's and, like an episode of Hoarders. And Luke's apartment is You know is what a mess. I never understand? You know last week when you were saying you're a little bit nitpicky when you're talking about, like, how did they have time to do this and that? I'm a little nitpicky now because I was like, I saw all that stuff, and I'm like, you guys are living in New York. True. Probably not in a lot of space. Nope. Because I don't have the impression that Liz has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, like, what kind of apartment were you living in? And how did all that stuff fit in there? It was it's, a brownstone. Uh, no. <laughs> no. It's everywhere. Yeah. I feel like it's just a bit of an exaggeration, I guess, Of right? course. They're trying to make it more dramatic. But, I mean, like, it's everywhere. It is. And poor Luke. He's being, like, kicked out of his own home. Yeah. And he's watching TV on, like, the smallest screen known to man. Aw, that's cute. Is this the first time it's been away from its mother? That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he's watching baseball on a fucking diner chair in front of the stupid TV. And Jess is upstairs sleeping with a stereo on. Such a man thing to do. Like, yeah. I feel like that's something that my dad would do. Like... Okay, so the beer. have you ever seen the show The Middle? Yes. So when that show first started, I was like obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I watched the whole thing, but like my parents kind of lost interest. And they later admitted they thought it was annoying, but they just watched it because I thought it was funny. That's cute. So I think it was in the second season of that show. Um, they did a whole episode where the parents kind of like take back the house because they've been letting, the, ki- they've been letting the kids call the shots for too long. So they're like... That's your fault. Yeah, I know. And so, but anyway, there was a there was a scene in that episode where the dad is watching TV with his lunch in the bedroom in the small TV, and he's, and he's and he's saying like, "Is is Wizard of Waverly Place over yet?" And they're like, "No." And so, my parents loved that episode because they they said that was me. Well, Which I can see it that. probably was. And like, I can see. And my the reason why my dad loved that was because around that time we had just gotten. Um, a flat screen in our basement with like a PVR and everything, and so ah. I'd kind of been commandeering the whole. Uh, I get it. The whole expedition. I get it. And watching probably Wizards of Waverly Place. It's like so. when my my brother was still living at home, and my mom had she has a TV in her bedroom because she needs to fall asleep with the TV on. She has the TV. She would go to the basement a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and my brother would like hog the den slash living room. Yeah. With the TV, and my only TV left was the one in the kitchen. <laughs> so I'd be sitting at my kitchen table watching shit. Yeah. This is no bueno. I feel like that happens. With, I know, but I mean, know? like, it's not the most comfortable place to watch television. No, and I feel like it's, at a certain point, everyone's had a long day. You don't really want to talk like, about I it. I fucking lie on the couch, too, and by we, damn it. And we all just kind of want to watch our show, so we just accept the shitty-ness yeah. of it all. It. I get it. Um, so let's talk about... Let's talk about Jess and Rory first. Okay. So, and Dean. And Dean. Because Dean is in this episode. Mm. Dean is in both these episodes. And Dean is getting on my last motherfucking nerves. Yes. So we, first scene with Dean is... We got some feelings. Okay, first scene with Dean. I've, I have more feelings in the next episode than I do about this one. But the first scene with Dean where they're at the book sale. Mm-hmm. And he looks bored out of his mind. It's that's just, when you know it's over. I know, it's just overkill. No, but, like, he's bored out of his mind. Yeah, but can I say that Rory losing track of two hours of library book sale is very much me. Yeah, that's me, too, obviously. And I work in a library, (laughs) But... Can you imagine how... You know they're not meant to be. No. Let's go watch The Lord of the Rings again. And he's like, what? I like it. It's very... It's very heterosexual. Can we say that? Yeah, we already have. But, I mean, it's just... It's enough now. You're forcing it. You're really forcing it. And I still can't believe they... Like... 
they drag it out for so much longer. I, so, I know it's not even season three, episode twelve. Until you until you told me that that time, I didn't realize that it was that long. Oh, boo boo! I know. I feel. <laughs> I feel for you. But can, yeah, they're just they're they're not compatible. Okay, anymore. but can you imagine haggling over nickels at a book sale? Fucking Kirk. Get out of here, Kirk. Kirk, it's sixty-five cents. I'll give you fifty. It's for charity, you douchebag. Sixty-three cents. Like sixty-five cents. Puff like, up another nickel. She tells him. Oh, it was really bad. Kirk, please. And you've had every single fucking job in the world. You don't have sixty-five cents to spare. Sixty-five cents. You need the book that badly. Yeah. Also, I want to know where the library in Stars Hollow is. Nothing is okay. We've established nothing no. in Star. The timeline doesn't make sense, and the lamp doesn't make no, sense. No, no, no. I mean, like, no town that small has their own library to have that big of a book sale every year. I mean, I wish. I wish too. Yeah. But I mean, no, it doesn't <laughs> happen. Okay, let's be honest. So, do you think a part of the reason why Lorelai hates Jess is because he doesn't treat Luke very well? I also think a part of the reason Lorelai hates Jess is because they're so similar. That's what I... I also wrote that in my notes. And I think it's more evident as they spend more time together. And the the part of the show... The part of the episode where it really comes to a head is where they're having Chinese food. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're both cracking jokes that they both get. And she's like, oh, I haven't heard that reference in a while. I literally wrote, is it just me or are Lorelai and Jess really similar? They are. They really are. They both got that chip on their shoulder thing that she had when she was younger. And uh, why is she telling me to shush? <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to shush. I was like, I'm, this is my show. <laughs> oh, that's my mother back for another guest She's appearance. back. Hi, everyone. <laughs> nice to be back. She doesn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> right, I don't. Uh, yeah, so I was like, they're definitely um, very similar. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And I think um, I think it's a reminder for Lorelai that she was really shitty as a child, too. It's like she's, I think... She, With people who cared about her. And I think as an adult, she's seeing those, ten, those uh, ha- the, I don't know the word, habits, those per, those uh, personality traits mm-hmm. kind of reflected back on her as an adult. And she was she's like, like, I was a shitty kid. She's like, that's, she's like, that's not... That's not attractive that's at not all. That's not it. Yeah. Um, this is also when Lorelai convinces Luke... To, to buy an apartment building? No. Well, that. But to, to get an apartment. Yes, to, to move to a bigger apartment. Yeah, so what I wrote was, um, I wrote um, that apartment that they look at together, that looks amazing. With the slanted ceilings yeah. and that window seat. It looks really nice. What are the things that I would do to that yeah, place? I'd live, I'd live there. I'd live there for sure. But of course Luke's like, oh, I don't need two bathrooms. Yeah, yeah you, you do. do. Next. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, we don't need to spruce up the floors. Just I want to fucking li- spruce up the goddamn weather. I like living on the ground floor. Top floor's quieter. Next, like... Yeah, like, just fucking... You know you need the space. Like, the standards are so low. But then, Luke finds out that Taylor Dosey owns the building. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> and then he says later... turn it into Taylorville! Where we all have to wear cardigans and have the same grass height. Yeah, so he went out, and instead of getting that apartment, he buys the building next door. Which, like, good for him. Good for him, because... It makes more sense. Yeah. And um, he smashes a hole through the wall. Yes. That'll be your room. That's th- Thus begins the construction. Yes. Great. And then we can hold hands and skip afterwards. I'd like that to be the episode title, but I think it's too long. Can you relax with your episode title suggestions, please? I can give you a list. I can make you a booklet. No, I'm good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ciao, bye. Um, what else are we talking about in this episode? Are we talking about how Dean is borderline abusive? Okay, well, before we get into that, can we please talk about how weeks, weeks, an entire other episode 
went by before Rory noticed her precious bracelet from Dean was missing. Um, Weeks. But can we talk about, this is what I'm saying, because where's your bracelet? She's like, oh, um, I took it off. And you remember what he says? Why? <laughs> because it's her fucking wrist, you douchebag. Yeah, and I, but I, yeah, and I feel like their relationship is. Why? Why did you take it off? You're not allowed to take it off. I own you. That's your leash. Oh my god, no, I can't. That's a whole other episode. We say that a lot. See, she. That's a whole, that's a whole different show. Mm-hmm. See, she knows our verbal cues. Um. No, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that's like, why I like said you're not, pes- uh, abusive. You're you're very possessive. Like you're not allowed to take the bracelet off. Like imagine if she had taken the bracelet off, like and hadn't lost it. I would why? <laughs> How dare you take my bracelet off? I would have liked, a, yeah, a different a different version of the episode where she's like, "Where's your bracelet? I took it off. It's at home." Why? Like you yeah, know, it'd be and, so like and her having a ding dong moment where like, she's like, "This guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> why am I still with this guy?" But like, there's so much panic on a bracelet. And like, I think it's because. Would you buy it at Tiffany's? <laughs> I think it's because. <laughs> I think it's because Rory knows that they're really. <laughs> Don't give me that face. I'm giving him a really bad face. I think it's because Rory knows their relationship is fragile, and that's because. That's or his ego is fragile. Both, but that's because when Jess asks later, like, you know, he didn't lose it on purpose. And she's like, yeah, but you know, I. He's not gonna see it that way. Yeah. That's what she said. If he can't see it that way. Like, you didn't mean to lose it? Yeah. You're an idiot. At the risk of sounding like an extremist, that's kind of like a bit of emotional abuse, where it's like, he's not going to see it that way. Like, you're kind of too much in his in his, in his head, in he's your head. He's all up in your grill. <laughs> he's all up on your dick. Like, I, yeah. stop. I'd have to, I'll have to agree with that. Stop. Yeah. No. This is not cute anymore. It's not. 17-year-old, why'd you take off your bracelet? You're telling me she could never take it off? Okay, master. I'll keep it on. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) I'll die with it. Like, what? I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. But I feel like that's that's what Jess, that's what Jess's game was by taking the bracelet. Was to like test. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I I I wrote it in my notes. I was like, what do you think his rationale was? I think it was to test their relationship and see what would happen. See if, see if a bracelet would um caused their relationship to fall apart which it did which it did and didn't because they're still together well because like the only, i think mm, I can think, i say something can i say something yes of course i can it's my podcast um the only reason i think that they didn't break up is because she found the bracelet i think dean is so insecure oh that exactly. if she hadn't found the bracelet he would have been so mad that he would have broken up with her. It's an I love you situation all over again. You're right. You mean you didn't notice that the bracelet was gone and I had to point it out to you and then you lost my... Like, you know what I mean? I yeah, think he's so fragile. That's what... I, yeah, that's what I said. Is it? I said he, their, their, their relationship is fragile and you said its ego is fragile and I said yes, yeah, that well, too. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that Jess did it to mess with the relationship, but I feel like he did it in the sense that he wanted to see, I feel like he wanted to see how long it would take Roy to know. But that's what he says to Lorelai at the end. Remember when he, she catches him coming out of the room? Yeah, looking at her books. Looking at her books. As I would. As I would, as well, obviously. And then she just so happens to find it in her bedroom, so Lorelai puts two and two together, 
And she's like, why did you take it? That bracelet means everything to her. She was crushed. And he's like, if it meant everything to her, why did it take her weeks to notice it was missing? And oh, cussie. <laughs> Shafted, Lorelai. Because her only response to that is, get out of here, you little jerk. Yeah. Go- Real mature, Lorelai. Okay, I think we've discussed this a bit in, in the past in that um, Lorelai both like to poke fun at how simplistic and boring Rory and Dean's relationship is. But, but she also loves it. But at the same time, when it comes down to the fact that they might not be working anymore, she's like... Scared. There's like moral panic. Well, because it's also like she's seeing... Now she's seeing... Like, it would be fine if they weren't working anymore. Now she's seeing why they're not working because there's an alternative and she does not like the alternative. Exactly. Yeah. But it's different because, like... <laughs> why is... Like, Lorelai in this episode is very, like... um is very preoccupied with selling the idea that that bracelet means everything. And why did you take it? No, oh I think, God. I think like, that idea only came about once she knew Jess took it because before she's like, he'll understand. True. He'll make you a new one. But then once Jess took it, that bracelet means everything to her. That's a good point. Fuck you, Lorelai. Yes. Okay. Um, are we good with this episode? Um, I think we do have to discuss one last thing. What is the last thing? Which is Lorelai referring to Luke as Snuffy. Oh. I thought that was funny. I could wrap myself from Saran Wrap and he wouldn't notice if the ball game was on. (laughs) And also, one last thing. I could totally see Taylor being a fascist. Can we just say? I feel like he is a fascist as it is. Right? Yeah. He's going to turn it all into Taylorville. That's true. Moving on. Moving on to 216, which is the, the better of the two episodes, yes. I think. Um, There's We're back the to the good cold opens. And why is this episode called There's the Rub? Tell me. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's a question. I don't know. I don't, I don't, is it uh, a reference to the spa? or? Oh, it or, could be. Yeah? Yeah. Because Lorelai and Emily go away to a spa together. Yes. And I want to have that kind of money where I could just go away for a weekend to the spa and not go like a 30 minute facial for $9,000. I mean, she wanted it, she bid on it at an auction. Which means she probably overpaid for it. Because she's rich. Because she's rich. Yes. But I want to go away to the spa. Before we discuss that, can you imagine having Ziploc and drywall falling into your food at a restaurant? Because Luke's is now in a construction zone. Yeah. Very cute scene where Jess opens the umbrella. <laughs> Rory. You might want to keep that. He's like, oh my god. And then he's like, you might want to keep that open. It's true because everything's falling. And then later, well, Lorelai is called out of Luke's to answer the phone. Who and her mother is on the other one is on the, the other end. To ask her if she wants these ticket these what tickets? Gift cards, gift I guess. Ca- like yeah, gift certificates to a spa. And Lorelai kind of like talks it up like, oh, you know, mindless pampering, blah blah. She's like Great, I'll join you. I'm like, fuck. Like, that's like grade A Emily Gilmore manipulation. Yeah. This episode was full of manipulation and full of guilt trips. Yeah. 100% guilt trips. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Emily and Lorelai first. Okay. Because then we can talk about the other Mm -hmm. side of this episode. Yeah. So um, they go go to to the spa. spa. Jinx. (laughs) They go to the spa and Lorelai spends all this time rearranging their schedules so they never have to see each other. But then Emily sees that and rearranges them back. And not only rearranges them back, rearranges them so they have no breathing room. Yeah, I know. She signed them up for a couple's massage. 
You know how couples usually have, do yeah. after they have these massages, Emily? They have sex. They have sex <laughs> in these bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, no, that was too much. It's like a couple of massages for a couple, not a couple of people. No, that was way too much. It was. So they come like... Are your feet sweating in those booties? Those booties made my feet sweat. I wonder what they put in these bathrooms. I wonder what kind of vitamin C is in this face mask. My face is tight. What do you think? Like, oh my God, Emily. Yours have twigs? Mine had twigs. Emily. Compliment your masseur's hand, Lorelai. Oh, God, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. She's a lot in this episode. She's a lot. And when she points out to Lorelai that Lorelai's the one acting like a baby, I'm like, can you not just for a second see your role in this? I know. You know? And to top it off, they don't serve anything with caffeine at the spa. Oh, my God. What and was that fucking dessert? And you think that's safe? Yeah. What was that dessert? <laughs> Uh, mung, mung, mung bean cookie. <laughs> what? I want a mung bean cookie. Oh, God. As we eat Timbits. But um, no. that being said, they leave and they go to a 40-60 bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 60-40 bar. Okay. I have, to jump, I have to jump a page in my notes because that's on the other side. Continue. The 60-40 bar is when 60-year-old men try to pick up 40-year-old divorces. Yes. Um, and Emily passes for a 40-year-old divorcee because is, a 60-year-old man hits on her. Is a 60-40 bar an actual thing or is that just like I don't like know. A, I think Lorelai made it up. Is that just slang? I think Lorelai made it up. I mean, I don't, up aren't we? I mean, I don't really frequent the middle-aged bar I scene. I don't really frequent so. any bars. <laughs> I don't frequent any bars. I said 60-40. The first thing that comes up is custody schedule. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't know, but... It becomes a really weird night when, oh yeah, 60-40 bar, or Urban Dictionary. But speaking speaking of the fact that neither of us frequent bars, um, there's a song that came out recently called by Kelsey Ballerini called Club, and the, the chorus is, I don't want to go to the club. So that's how I feel it. I can't take a person now. seriously when their name is Kelsey Ballerini. Okay, well, I like her, so you can go away now. And she's con- and she's a country singer. So I don't like, like country. Her. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't like country, but I'm I don't like a lot of country, but just a few. Sitting with my banjo on my porch, like I feel like. I don't like Blake Shelton, but oh, like. Oh God! <laughs> Have you heard that song? Lori introduced me to one of his songs. She put the her and heart. She put the <gasps> why and try. I was <gasps> like, Oh, Lori, no. Oh, Lord. No. Lori, you are bad from this podcast. Oh, Lori. It was really bad. It was really bad. Bye. Um, I'll play play it for you after. We don't love you anymore. I'm just kidding. I'll play it for you after. Um, Whatever. They end up having a fight because this man asks Emily to dance Mm -hmm. and Lorelai encourages her to dance and Mm. she thinks that Lorelai encouraged her to cheat on Richard. Okay. I have some thoughts. I have thoughts too, but you go ahead. So, I love how Emily constantly wants to be in her daughter's life. (sighs) And wants to have what she and Rory have, as she puts it. Yeah. But when Lorelai opens up and tries to have fun with her mother, it still doesn't work because they're so different. So I'm, uh, so I'm not condoning the creepy man who asked her to dance and then got too close without really asking. Because she, like, she agreed to dance and then like pulled her in close for a slow dance, which was like a little much. Like, a little. Like, we're, we're, we're blurring the lines of consent here if we want to get technical. So, yeah, yeah. You can finish and then I'll finish. So, I'm not going to... Oh, the... a dog! Sorry. Are you looking out the window? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I saw something wagging in the distance. Um, 
So I'm not I'm not saying that like when when I say Lorelai wanted her mother to have fun, I'm not saying she wanted to take her out to have fun and like you know pimp her out exactly. Oh, but like God. she wanted her to like you know loosen up Let and not loose a little, and yeah. not loosen up in the sense of like you know go fuck the guy in the coat room, but like loosen up in terms. I'm vulgar. <laughs> not but like loosen up in terms of like stop. Let's tear it down a little bit. Stop. No, because I think right before I know what you mean by loosen up because right before. She had been talking about what's next on the itinerary and we're supposed to have dinner with everybody else and our seating is in 10 minutes. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're a fucking grown-ass woman. Exactly. That's, what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I have issues with this too because on the one hand, I think Emily overreacted in the sense, not when she pulled away from the man. I think that was justified because like you said, boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I think in blaming Lorelai oh, for yeah. it. No, she got uncomfortable. Like, but that's what Emily does. Yeah, I know. Like, and that's what like a lot, I'm not, that's like what conservative people do that they don't that they're so used to i'm, I'm generalizing i'm sorry <laughs> but like like people like emily who are conservative tend to repress their true feelings so deep inside them that then the only the only way to express them is to project your anger your guilt onto someone yeah. else and that's why like last week we were talking about the resentments between Emily and um, Lorelai and her parents and like how it's always going to be there. Yeah, last week when we solved the entire show. Yes, we did. The high mystery f- of the show. High five. High five. Um, like. But the thing is, like, look, I understand where Emily's coming from too because Lorelai is the one that encouraged her to dance and of course it was innocent but at the same but time, she was kind he's of, clearly hitting on her. Yeah, I know. So we can we can place the blame on Lorelai for that, but she was not getting upset over that. She got no, upset no, over no, the no, whole no. evening. Like, I don't want to come here. I don't want to sit at a bar. And it's like... But you were fine like, with it five minutes ago. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I felt like she was having fun. I cheated on your father. Like... Yeah. I practically cheated on your father. It's like, no, you didn't, number one. But I think, the, I think what it is is that she was finally having fun and letting loose. And, like, not worrying so much about the schedule in her life. Yeah. And then that, when the guy pulled her close, kind of jolted her out of it. Where she's like, what am I doing in a bar? What am I doing eating peanuts? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it kind of, like, got the ball rolling on her head again. Like, you know? So I think, yeah. Her taking it out on Lorelai was very unfair, though. But I yeah. like... That being said, I like the resolution of the episode. Where... They steal the bathrobes. Yeah, because Emily wants to leave early because she's so upset. She wants to go home. She's so upset because she cheated on her husband, you guys. I don't think that's why she was upset. I think... You don't think that she her cheating on the love of her life? No, I think... So she, blatantly cheating on him? I think she was... I think like what you said, the the the, the dance with the man kind of jilted her and she's realized yeah. like, this is not me. I can't do this. I'm so... Like, and she was so jittered by... The that en- she was scared. That the entire scenario that it was yeah. like, I have to go home. I gotta go home. Can't do it. Can't be here anymore. Because yeah. it's a reminder of what I did. No, I get it. But that being said, her and Lorelai end up um, stealing the bathrobes because... Emily asks, like, why can I have what you and Roy have? And she's like, Roy and I are best friends first and mother and daughter second. That's and you... problematic, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> but but like, we'll get into that. She's like, but you and I are mother and daughter always. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. But, but... I mean, there. listen... I, there's extremes to both their parenting styles. Yeah, because, right? <laughs> like you said... Let's just leave it there. Rory and Lorelai's relationship is extremely problematic and always is. Always will so... be. So... Yeah. The older I get... See, this is the beauty of this show because there's an evolution. When you watch it when you're younger, you're like, oh, I want that with my mom. I don't fucking want that with my mom now. No, Jeez. exactly. Now you're like, like this is horrible. 
And there's a real downfall to my mother asking me about my sex life. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's bad. Um, but I feel like in my case, like, I've always been close to my mom. So, yeah, even, but, so it's like, I'm good with, like, our relationship. I don't want what they have, you know? No, no, like, I understand. But, like, you know, people who are not necessarily close with their parents yeah. would be like, oh, I want that. But then as you get older, you realize what the pitfalls of that is. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like... Lauren Graham or Alexis Bozell would be like, when, if someone said to them, like, oh, I want what your characters have, you'd be like, like no, no, you don't. don't. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Um, okay, so the other part of this episode. We're going to circle back around. We're going to circle back around. Excuse me while I flip the page back to the beginning of my notes. <sighs> like, it's such a hard task. Yes. Okay. So can we agree that this is the quintessential introvert episode? Yes. I love it. Yes. So Rory's ideal night. Because. Because Lorelai is going out of town and she never has the house to herself. Is staying home in her pajamas. Doing laundry the way she wants to do laundry. And ordering Indian food. Which her mom hates the smell of. Kind of racist. Okay. You're not wrong. I mean. (laughs) Okay. Um, And this is where I say like. The brilliance of this show is that you see how well the writers fit in this Lorelai Jess thing. Mm-hmm. Where, because you know, last episode we were like, they fit, they, they're very similar. And um, Rory tells Lorelai that she's ordering from the Indian restaurant. She's like, you got to burn the house down because that's the only way you're going to get the smell out. And then when Jess, and then comes, when up. Jess comes with the food, she's like, but I ordered food from Sandy. It's like, mm. oh, are you going to burn the house down? That's mm. the only way you're going to get the smell out. Yeah. They were very clever to do little things like that throughout the yeah. series that make us see that, like, they're very similar. Why can't they just get along, goddammit? You know what I mean? You know... Because I think that when they start dating, that's very frustrating to Rory, too. Because she, she sees she that... So sim- that he and her mom are yeah, so similar. Yeah, no, frustrating in the sense that, like, she sees that they're so similar and, like, why can't they just get along? Uh, okay. I might, I might be chastised for this, right. but if you yes. take... If we take a psychoanalytic lens to this... Equate- Again, our psychological <laughs> services are available for $2,500 a pop. Our rates went up because we got uh, some good reviews. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Um, if- Not including tip. <laughs> um, if we take a psychoanalytic lens to this equation, could we say... This is, this is, this is an extreme stretch, by the way. I'm, a, I'm very much stretching here, okay? Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> Do you think that because at this point... Rory is very much attracted to Jess. Uh-huh. Do you think that if we could argue perhaps that she is attracted to her mother's qualities, her mother's personality traits? Um, yes and no. Because you know, it's the whole thing of like, you know, women marry their fathers with, you know, where it's like they... Yeah, but she kind of did, no? Well, she didn't marry anybody. I know, but she kind of ended up with... A guy who was similar to her father. Who? Logan. I don't think so. I mean, not similar in the sense that, like, because Logan didn't, like, abandon his family. And Eleni loves Logan, by the way. I, I said that. <laughs> She's going to leave. Um, I don't. I have said this once, and I will say it again. They're all problematic. Okay? But Logan's her favorite. I mean, no, it's not my favorite. I just think realistically for her to end up with Logan would make more sense. Okay. Okay. Sure. Give me that fucking fish face. Um, <laughs> and no, but I've I've often thought about that because you know, Rory and Lorelai have always, were always so close, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, Sorry. you know, there's that trope of, um, 
like a, a girl's dad is supposed to be like the first yeah, man ma- yeah. who ever loves them or whatever. So yeah. it's like it's a whole Oedipus complex. Yeah. So I feel like. So you're apparently you're more attracted to if you're a guy you're more attracted to women that are like your mother and if you're a girl you're attracted to guys that are like your father. Yeah. So could we say which that is very problematic. It is, and, and, and that's where the term daddy issues comes. And from, it's by very the way. it's very heteropatriarchal because yes. it doesn't you know. Yeah. Um, what if Timmy has two daddies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but could we but like it's interesting to me if we could argue that because Roy grew up so close to her mom could she look for qualities that her mom has in it could be mate, yeah yeah but her and her mom are also very similar yeah exactly so it could be that she's just looking for a guy or attracted to a guy that has a lot in common with her too true and ergo has a lot in, ergo who i mean I? jess and rory do have a lot in common more yeah. so than the monster truck man her and dean I thought you were going to say her Indian, and I was like, no, her that's and, also very racist, her and, and I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> her and yeah. Dean. Okay, so, so no. let's get back to this, because... Because we skipped Paris. We skipped Paris, but hold on. I want to make it clear that Rory says to everybody involved... I want to be alone. She wants to be alone. And, and no I one say listens. This, and I say this for Dean, I say this for Paris, and I say this for Jess. As much as I think they had a really good time, I say this for everyone. So she told everyone that she wanted to be alone. Yeah. And they didn't give a fuck. Nope. Um, Which is like the introvert experience, I think. I know, but this is like, guys, come on, boundaries, man. Because Paris comes over unannounced again. Yeah. Because she's freaking out because she got an A-. minus. Yeah. Is a breakdown really necessary for an A-, minus, Paris? No, it's not. An A- minus in chemistry, guys. Okay. In chemistry. Yeah. And she's like, I moved a decimal point. This wouldn't have happened. I was just like, don't, like, what do you have to study then? <sighs> Whatever. But. No, that was in reference to her father. What do you mean? Her father's divorce. Really? Yeah. I thought, I've always thought it was. No, because she, she crunched the, de- the, the, remember she said she crunched the numbers with him on his divorce? And now yeah. he's figured out that he can't afford to divorce his, her mother. Oh, wow. Mm. I've never. Never put two and two together. No, I always thought the decimal point was in reference to her her assignment. Her grade? Yeah, her grade. Mm-mm. Jeez. All right, then. But I feel like um, getting someone to study with her is Paris' way of getting someone to spend time with her. Yes, I wrote in my notes. She doesn't have very many friends. Paris desperately needs a friend. That's what I wrote. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode... You, you can tell when she comes over. It's like she just wants... She, she just she, wants to spend time with somebody. Yeah. And, and like, she uses and studying sc- and school as a ruse. No, not even that. Not even as a ruse. She probably needs it, and she probably is freaking out, but she goes to Rory because, like, I think it's her way of saying, I want to spend time with you. Yeah, and, and I not even that I think she uses school as a ruse. I think it's, like, Paris cares about school, so, like, studying is a, is a way of spending, of, like, doing something with somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah, I get it. So, and Dean, no, Paris comes over. Before that. Oh, my God, we are terrible, yeah. Rory and Dean are literally making out in a tree. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Do you want to know what I wrote for that? I wrote gag, I wrote my notes, gag me. Literally gag me. I wrote make out against a tree. Gross. <laughs> and I underlined it in all caps. Can I tell you something? Dean, I also wrote, because Dean says, so tomorrow your mom's not going to be, tonight. Your mom's gone, no, tomorrow? Tonight, because it was the morning. <laughs> so not only, by the way, does she have time to go to Luke's for breakfast, she has time to make out against the tree. True. Mm. Now who's agreeing with me? Okay. Hmm. I mean, I only agree because, oh. <laughs> but, um, so he's like, tonight, your mom's not going to be there. How about I come over? I guarantee you Dean wanted to have sex. You think? I guarantee you Dean wanted to have sex. 
could have happened. Yo, they're making out against a tree and like your mom's out of town. Like, yo, he wants to have sex. I'm not surprised. Cons- well, Rory and Dean were No, all- he wants to have sex. Rory and Dean were always linked that way, right? Because like he's... Well, then later... Well, because he's her first later, right? So Yeah, but we don't know that now. No, but... She doesn't know that. No, but knowing that... Ding a- dong, I'm going to lose my virginity to Dean when he's married to Lindsay. No, but knowing that... Please. It's kind of an interesting way to think about it. He wants sex. I know. Because he's... He's like every, <laughs> he's like every man. Your right? mom is gonna be out of town. Like ugh. I know. Whatever. So Paris comes over because she desperately needs to study, and Rory says, "I will give you one hour. We will study." Yes. Okay. And Dean also thinks he's a saint. He's like, "I'm a saint, but I'm not mad. Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> You're Go a saint. Stroke your own dick. <laughs> oh my god. Piece of poop. <laughs> Anyways. So she gives Paris one hour. And then Paris desperately wants more time. She's like, no, you have to go. You have to go. And then Jess shows up. Yeah. With apparently a care package from Luke. But mm-hmm. we find out later it wasn't a care package Quote Luke. unquote care package. He just wanted to come over and have dinner with her. Maybe he wanted sex too. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe he did. <laughs> all men. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Um, but... Um, so that's what I mean when I say, like, yo, she's made herself very clear. She just wants to stay home. I mean, Jess did Stop know. answering the door. I mean, Jess didn't know that, right? Stop. Yeah, but then when she was like, I ordered food from Sandeep's, Paris is here. Yeah. He's like lingering. He's like, I'll have a fry. And then he takes off his coat. Yeah. Like, come on. Again, isn't that the quintessential introvert experience? I know. But for, the thing I that like I like, but me. I will say, the thing that I like, they're all three introverts. Got together. Yeah. And ate and did introverted things. And talked about books. And talked about books. Um, that was a great conversation, by the way. Yes. One that never would have taken place if Dean was in the room. True. And Paris is right. The Beats writing was extremely self-indulgent. Oh, boy. What? I agree. I can't agree. You, you Fine. Have, you have no Jess thoughts? was right when he said, I can't read poetry. Just say it already. <laughs> it's true, fuck. What can you... How many ways can I love thee? Like... Did... Haven't we talked about Jack Kerouac before, the two of us? Probably. And you, and you said... It is very, like, yeah. It's hard, and it's, like, just hard to follow. And it's, it is hard and the, to follow. And the whole point is that because it's Because you just, know what I think it is with them? It's with them when I mean the It beats. was, like, purposeful word vomit. Yes. I don't even think it was purposeful. They're just, like, I am a man, and this is what I think, and everyone should read it because I am a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even in, in the... And, like, even in the 50s, that was avant-garde. It's, like, I'm a man adrift from society, but you should still listen to me, you know? Yeah. Exactly. How about you hit the road, Jack? Yes. Anyways, um, so Dean then calls Rory. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to waste cream. <laughs> or whatever the fuck he says. Not even that. No, he's like, I'm coming over. And she's like, no, don't. Paris is here. Oh, so then I'm not really ruining your night. She did. Bye. Coming. <laughs> like, I'm not so mad at him in that, in that instance. No, I'm mad at all of them. That's why I yeah. said it. I'm mad at all of them. Because, like, boundaries, guys. <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> but it makes... I don't it know. makes for good television. No, that's not what I was, <laughs> was going to say. Oh, okay. What I was going to say was... I don't know. For me... I, mean, I, think I've told, I think I've talked about this with you and on the podcast, I think, in the past. Like, for me, uh, being an introvert is very um, tightly associated with... Um, the fear of missing out. Yes. So like, 
Anytime, and when I, the reason why I call it the quintessential introverted experience is that mofo. because... FOMO. Mofo. <laughs> yes, mofo. That's motherfucker. Mofo, yes, exactly. FOMO. <laughs> mofo. Um, <laughs> so, like, for me, anytime that I've, you know, purposely wanted to spend time alone and then I end up not spending time alone, it's those, it's in those instances where, like, I'm actually having a better time than I would have by myself. Of course, as I've grown up, I've had less tolerance for that. But see... The thing is, everyone takes it personally when Rory tells them what her plans are. Yeah. Like, Dean was like, how could I not be... How? I'm fine, but, like, I'm disappointed. You'd rather do laundry than spend time with me. I'm a saint, but I'm not mad. No, but, like... Yeah, number one. (laughs) But also, it's like, just because you're in a couple doesn't mean you lose your individuality. Like, you and your partner don't always have to be together. You don't have to be joined at the hip. Exactly. Sometimes I need time alone to do stuff. And I feel like that kind of makes Rory a bit more of an old soul because, like, teen- I, mean, I feel I- like teenagers aren't are less likely to be like, I want to spend tonight alone to do laundry. But here's the thing. That's why I think it's refreshing to see a character who actually enjoys their own... Oh, my God. Who actually enjoys their own company. Yeah. Because every time in a show where a couple gets together, they're always spending time together. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose that, you kind of lose what you liked about the character. Uh, yeah. Not always, I'm saying. They still have their moments where they're in a couple. But I find, especially with Dean. No, I agree. Especially with Dean and later to some extent with Logan, I found she lost her individuality a lot. So the fact that she can say that she wants to spend tonight alone, even just to do laundry, is refreshing to me. Yeah. Because... I have my plans judged a lot. Like, my brother always <laughs> yes. asked me, like... Me too. My brother once asked me, like, to go to a movie with him and my cousins. And I was like, oh, I've already seen that movie. And anyways, I have plans tonight, whatever. What are your plans, he always tells me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to watch this thing on Netflix and I'm going to knit. You're going to knit. And, like, he loses his mind. Yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking judge you. My brother collects comic books. Yeah. Like, I don't judge you. And see, I, th- I feel like... A, I feel like... At least, like, I wear my knits. True. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like a previous version of me would have gotten so insecure when someone had done that. So, like, yeah. for me, if I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I'm staying home and I'm reading or I'm staying home and I'm watching this movie. They'd be like, oh, well, you can, like, you can do that anytime. You, well, you should come. And, like, just... just That's by, what I hate. And just by the person, and I hate it now, too, but, but, like, as a teenager, I probably would have been so insecure with someone saying that and be like... And I, and I would get in my head and get anxious and be like, well, you're probably right. You know, I, why sh- I might miss out on something fun. So I, I hate that go. because my mom and my brother always do that to me. They always tell me, go, you'll have fun. And but I'll have fun here too. Yeah. You know, and, and I, f- I won't be anxious or insecure. Yeah. You know. And I feel like now as like, you know, an adult, I'm using air quotes for adult. Nobody's an adult. Um, <laughs> I feel like now as I'm, you know, as I'm more grown up. I just know, like, I'm not doing that. I have, like, I know, like, it's it's not worth it. I have to work in the morning, and I'm yeah, like, no, no I'm t- like, no. I, I feel like I know how to say more, more, no, more often. Oh yeah, know? like I've definitely, as an introvert, I've definitely learned how to say. Like no I know more where my that. boundaries are for yeah. myself. Like when I that friend that hasn't given me back the book. Uh, that bitch. <laughs> no, but um, when she invited me out once, we went for dinner with her, with her and some other other friends of hers. And, like, I wasn't feeling it after. They're like, we're going to go to this bar that has, like, games, board games, whatever. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. No. And, like, no FOMO. Yeah. Like, I was like, no. So. Because I went to the dinner. Yeah, I had fun. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, think, what if I had gone to this place? No. I'm, I work the next morning. I'm tired. No. 
I feel like maybe, can we say stop judging people's plans. <laughs> could we say that FOMO is maybe more is uh, more intensely felt as a teenager? Because you're yes. like, what if I'm missing out on a fun yes. experience? Yeah, but by I your feel tw- like by your twenties, you're like you I'm know tired. who you are more. Yeah, too. You know, you know yourself as a teenager. I feel like you don't know enough about yourself exactly. to say like. Oh, I might like this or I might not. As a 27-year-old person, I can say that, like, no, I know I'm not going to like this. I'm 22. She's a grandma comparison. Oh, fuck off. Um, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? Can I, can I, can I? Can I, can I, can I? Uh, Jess, do you remember when he says, do you really want me to go? Mm. And do you remember what Rory says? No, what does she say? She doesn't answer him. You know what she says? What? I really want to avoid a fight with Dean. True. So that means you don't want him to go, do you, Rory? No, you want to go to climb him. <laughs> As do I. But anyway, I think this is—I think this is my favorite Jess episode. If you—if you had, I think if you had compared like two, like episode season two, episode five, and season two, episode sixteen, I feel like I would have chosen season two, episode sixteen. Just because okay. I think, in my personal opinion, this is my favorite. This is my favorite Jess episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> so, um, could we say that this episode is when Paris and Rory can officially be considered friends? Yes. So I feel like before now it was a bit, it was a bit of a cloudy frenemy zone. Well, Rory says there's no definition for what we are. But it's somewhere in the friends-ish zone. It's frenemies. It's they both like each other. I feel, I feel like they're. I feel like they we, both respect each other. I feel like we can say they're friends from this episode. Until season three, when she has a bit of a hissy fit over Francie. No, I was that's I was gonna say over. Well, that that's that I, was the bigger hissy fit. Yeah, but I was gonna say about she. You told her what about Jamie? Blah. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of teen drama goes down in season three, yeah. basically. I I feel like it hit its peak teenness in season three. Mm-hmm. Well, because season one and three. Well, because after season three, like it's college. Yeah, so it's you can't really. Yo. Even though a lot of teen drama still happens in college, by the yeah. way, like that's true. American television wants you to believe that all teen drama is in the rearview mirror after high school. Not true. No, it's twenty. I'm twenty seven, and there's still teen drama. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the closing scene? Please. Of this episode. So much to unpack. Because this gives me a fucking headache. So much to unpack, so ladies do, and gentlemen. Do you remember, guys, in the last? The last time that Lorelai and Dean had a conversation about Rory without her knowing. She flipped out. It was out. a tasket, a green and yellow basket. <laughs> a nursery rhyme you previously did not know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And it was traumatizing, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so in this episode, the closing scene is Rory and Jess talking at the counter at Luke's. And Dean and Lorelai outside just staring at her. Yeah. Yo, stalker much? It's Okay. I got right, go ahead. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Um, I feel like the last two weeks' episodes have been... The, the general theme is we got feelings. We got feelings. I have a lot of feelings about this last scene. And that's why, in my notes, I wrote down so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Lorelai, shut the fuck up, first of <laughs> all. Like... You want to elaborate on that? I just hate her so much sometimes. This is a very good example of why I hate her. Because the way she and Rory interact Mm -hmm. is very different from the version of Rory she 
portrays to the world. Like, my daughter is this, my daughter is that. But like, Rory wouldn't lie. Yeah, and I feel like even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't her talking to Dean about Rory and Jess, it would still be like, oh, Rory's nice to everybody. Rory's perfect. Rory's this. Isn't that like a parental thing, though? A little bit. But Mm -hmm. in this case with Rory, I think it's just very problematic and very traumatizing, shall we say, that she, she and everybody, but like, I feel like the blame, the central blame has to go to Lorelai on this, is that she has this very perfect image of Roy in her head that she's always, I'm not going to say she's, she's held her to because Lorelai has always been, you know, very gracious and open to her daughter's life and learning, I guess. Like, hasn't, like, in comparison to, like, Emily and Lorelai, Lorelai's yeah. been more open to her daughter's growth, yeah. I guess. But, like, she still thinks of her daughter as this perfect little person who... Like, who wouldn't lie? Roy wouldn't lie. It's like, Roy's a teenage girl. Like, what if she likes Jess? Like, what if? Like, who cares? Like, why is this Also, so- you know she likes Jess. Yeah, so it's like to stand there with, with Dean and be like, he didn't want her there. Believe me. Like, everything's fine. <laughs> like, fuck off. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. I think I'm more upset at the fact that, like, wouldn't you be pissed if your boyfriend and your mother were talking behind your back about you? I, yeah, I would. <laughs> no, but, like, isn't that such a violation, I find? I wouldn't call it a violation. I mean, it kind of is because maybe not in this episode because the conversation was brief. But I definitely feel like in the basket episode. Oh, definitely in the basket. It was a yeah. it was a violation, and I see like a pattern because. In the basket episode, it was because he's like, "I need to talk to you," meaning Dean. Yeah, I need to talk to you about how your daughter, who is my girlfriend, my girlfriend, my leash, <laughs> is like. Going off with some guy, but I supposed to be with me? <laughs> like, you know, like, I felt in that episode he was trying to get Lorelai to be like, yo, control your daughter kind of thing. Yeah. She's my girlfriend. Yeah. And exactly. And in this episode, it's just more of that, I find. I just find I don't, I wouldn't like it personally if my boyfriend and my mother were having conversations about me behind my back. I wouldn't either. It's, it wouldn't always be a violation, but I mean, it wouldn't be good. If you can't talk to me, if the only time you could talk to me about this is when you're yelling, because let's not forget that Dean did yell at her in front of Paris. And we didn't even talk about how Paris saved the day. Paris saved the day. Because, let's And I love that because it's like, I think... She didn't have to do that. No, but I feel like in that moment, Paris obviously saw that Rory was like freaking... It was in a bad position. I find in that moment, Paris had a lot of empathy that we haven't seen from her very much. And I think Paris was also like... Okay, uh, Roy did a lot for me tonight, yeah. and I, I, I can save her. But it's also like, you're watching this girl who just did a lot for you getting absolutely, like, destroyed by this six-foot-three guy who's, like, towering over her and yelling and not even letting her speak. She's like, I'm trying to explain and it to like, you. she's like, it looks messy, and I'm trying to explain it to you. How? How are you going to explain it? Like, whoa. No, he's, no. It's, you got to go. <laughs> In the words of Taylor Swift. No, I wasn't going to say that. You need to calm down. No, but he's got to go. <laughs> Not yet, No, this was ridiculous. That's why when I wrote... That's why I wrote in my notes. It's borderline abusive. I hate to I hate to tell you, Dean's around till season five. And then the revival. Just unfortunately leaves in season four. It's okay. I'm fine. <clears throat> but leaves in season four and we don't see him again until season six. But you see him again in season six. But he's not there in season five. And they do kiss in season six. I know. That's the only good part of season six. I'll give you that. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but, like... Just f- stop talking to your girlfriend's mother if you have a problem with your girlfriend. 
I don't, in all honesty, I don't really care about that. I do. <laughs> but what I care about more is that, I, what I care about more is what Lorelai says in those, in, in those yeah. conversations. No, no, I'm not saying I don't think that what she's saying is problematic. Like, Dean's an idiot, fine, and yeah. we don't like Dean, but at the same time, like, Lorelai's not helping the situation. Not at all. Not at all. Like, Lorelai's making it worse, but she's like, Roy would never lie, Roy's perfect, la la, like, fuck off. First of all... Like you should, you have no, you have no business telling your daughter's boyfriend that she, she's not gonna lie to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're making a guarantee that you cannot guarantee. Exactly. Uh, number two, you know that's a lie because you know your daughter and you know she has a thing for him. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. They she knows. They've never openly discussed no, it. No, but she knows. She knows. Okay. She, she knows. Does. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. She prides herself on really knowing her daughter. She knows. Yeah. Okay. But this also, this whole what I was talking about with. Um, Laura, how Lorelai sees her daughter yeah. and how Rory is seen by others kind of brings up something else that bothers me about Rory's character and that and like and more it's like a thing that bothers me in general in real life too where it's like kids who grow up you know being seen by other adults as you know more mature for their age or my favorite term an old soul, mm. which when I was younger, I loved being called an old soul because for me it was like, oh, like, and I, and I was an old soul and I still am, but it's like, when I was like, when I was a kid and people call me that, it was like, they saw that I'm not like other kids, which I wasn't. So like, it was kind of, I, like, I felt like I was seen, but now as an adult, I'm kind of more wary for when you call a kid an old soul because it's like, you kind of grow up backwards when, I you, think so. when you call when you like call kids an old soul. I'm not saying that like kids who are who um, adults think are more mature like don't get looked after as much or like they don't get cared for. It's like no, they do, but it's like I feel like a part of adults who assign them those labels kind of always assume that they're all right. Oh, they're doing fine. They're well, we like about they're this. they're equipped to handle this. And it's like I'm not and like I'm not gonna say my parents you know thought always thought I was fine, but it's like. You know, when I did start having, like, mental health issues, like, in my later teens, it was, like, not a shock, but it was kind of, like, a bit of, like, a, oh, well, I, you know, I thought you were okay with that, or I thought, yeah. I thought you were, didn't know, didn't know this was happening, and it's, like... Well, but we talked about this in, I don't remember which episode, but we talked about the fact that when people put labels on Rory, like, she's a good kid, and, um... She's nice to everyone. You know, like, Lorelai says that a lot. That's misogynistic, too. Okay, also. But it's also very problematic because you put unrealistic expectations exactly. on Exactly, and that's also why I've said that, like, when we meet Rory again in the revival, it's like, no wonder her adult life is a mess. Exactly. You you, you made her out to be such a perfect See, person yeah, as a kid. Yeah, people really shit on the revival, but I think the one thing they got right is Rory. that. Because it's not unusual in this day and age for a 32-year-old to be a mess. Yeah. Like, I'm five years away from being 32 and, like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> in the same boat. But you know what I mean? Because I also got a lot of unrealistic expectations when I was younger. Yeah. And not just necessarily, of, oh, she's a good kid, she's responsible, she could do. But, like, you know when people, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to something that, like, we've probably all heard. Maybe in elementary school we are a little bit smart. And people yeah. are always like, oh my gosh, she's so smart. She's going to do great things. Nah, nah, yeah. nah. And then you get to high school and it's a whole different ballgame and you start to fail a little bit. Well, not even fail, but like you start to do a little bit poorly and everyone's like, but what happened? You were so smart. And everyone, those are the expectations yeah. I'm talking about. No, that when ha- you push things on your children or anyone for that matter, and you make them want to live up to something and they can't, that's where problems come up. No, that happened to me too. That happened to me a bunch. That's why I'm like, thinking that's an example. And I'm not saying that like when parents or other adults... Like I'll call there are labels, but like when they but like when they assign kids those labels, it's not out of 
like it's not with malicious intent or no, anything but it's not at but all. like i don't in my opinion in my view now as a 22 year old i kind of see it at like adults don't really realize the implications the implications and the long-lasting effects of those labels yeah. so like for me always being called an old soul and like oh yeah you, you, you don't need to do it like you know like kind of i didn't really in my view, I didn't really need some of the experiences that other teenagers needed. Like, I didn't need to make mistakes, like, going out to parties or, like... So adults kind of viewed that as, like, oh, you're already grown up in that sense. Yeah. It was, like... But I can't... I can't skip a phase of life and be, no. like... Because that only made it worse in the end, where it was, like, when I reached, like, later teens and early 20s, it's, like, I felt more... Of, I felt less grown up than kids who I felt more grown up as yeah. when I was younger. So it's, like... How all of a sudden? Why do why do I why am I all of a sudden feeling left behind while everyone else is more feels like more of a grown up? See, I'm gonna give an example of um, when my father passed away. I was tw- I was 13. My brother was 14. Mm-hmm. And my mom later on in life, like when I hit like maybe 18, 17, 18, always used to say out of like goodness, <laughs> like it wasn't with malicious intent. She always used to tell like her colleagues and her friends. I got really lucky with my kids because after my ex-husband died, like, my mom's thinking was, like, we could have, like, lashed out. We could have gone partying. Like, we could have taken the wrong path kind yeah. of thing. But we didn't because it wasn't our personalities, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm introverted. My brother yeah. is kind of, too. Like, we weren't the type of people to go out and stay out past curfew and whatever. But, like, like you said, my mom didn't do it to be... No, but they, but, but you're 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 putting an unrealistic expectation, and you don't even realize that you're doing it. No, because fine, maybe I didn't want to go out or whatever, but maybe sometimes when I have like emotions that I don't know what to do with because I didn't act out during that time, now we get into really bad blowout fights. Yeah, you know what Same I mean. Same thing. Like my mom, like <laughs> my mom, when you know when you see on a TV show when like a, like when a teenager's or like a teenager's having a fight with their parents or something or like on a drama when like shit's going down in the family and like you kind of remark like oh well good thing I wasn't like that and like my mom said I don't remember what we were watching but like my mom said like no but you know you were I had you and I got into more fights as you got older. Like, it wasn't, you know, we didn't... Yeah, it's because we had fucking skipped a whole fucking... Yeah, like, we had, like, we, did, we didn't argue a lot when I was, like, you know, between, like, 13 and 17, but, like, between 17 and 20, it was like, oh boy, you know, yeah. so... well, even my, my mom now, it's, like, volatile sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's because, like, well, it's also because we're ethnic. Did but, we talk uh, about how you changed the Netflix password? Yes, we did. We did? Okay. That's just me being bitter. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it, it happens because it's not... People think that you could just skip a phase of life, but really what happens is you don't skip it, you delay it. You delay it, exactly. And it's manifested, it manifests itself in different ways. So my mother expected it to see it in us, like, going out and partying and, like, whatever. But really, we're both introverted, so it gets, it it manifested itself into us bottling up our emotions because we didn't know how to express ourselves. And then getting into more fights Mm -hmm. and not being able to communicate. Yeah. You know? So you're, not only are you delaying it, you're changing the reaction. Yeah. You can't hide from these things. Exactly. You can't, you can't, like as you, like you said, you can't skip a phase of life. You're, no. you're just delaying it. You also can't, like, avoid the human experience. Mm-mm. Like, if you, if you don't, and if you don't experience that now, you're going to experience it later. And it's not, and it might not be in the same order as somebody else. Nope. And that's kind of messy but it's also not it wrong. It has to happen. It's all, and it's also normal. It's, it's healthy. It's messy, but it's not not normal. Yes, I got you. <laughs> I got you. It's not abnormal. It's completely fine to experience life in whatever order works for you. See, we are therapists. Please. Register, <laughs> for, register for our therapy. 
Um, is that it's, it? It's up to three thousand a session now. Oh God. Inflation. What we just said was very it was very complex. Guys, so insightful. Come on, you don't want to be therapized by us. And that doesn't include a tip, okay? I was a psychology major. You were? I was a double major. <laughs> that's right. No, I don't know what I was anymore. Okay, that's good. Whatever. Um, next bracket matchup. Yes, please. Okay, so it's gonna be episode two twenty one, Lorelai's graduation day. Right. Versus three eighteen, happy birthday, baby. Oh boy, that's a dif that's difficult. It's difficult, but I tried to pick two major events in Lorelai's life. Yes. Okay. With two different family reactions. <laughs> it's true. So that'll be up on the socials. And before I forget, yes. Did you want to talk about your pen? My pen. <laughs> Eleni has found. Her... I have found the love of my I was life in say... pen form. <laughs> In every form. In, that, that pen is, is the love of her life. So, so I gonna... went to Bureau and Cole yesterday, which is Staples yes. in the rest of Canada. And the States. And yeah. And all, States. all of North America. And uh, I needed um, an ID badge holder. Yes. This little thingy that I attached to my... Person. My person. My purse. <laughs> or my person. And I'm always in the market for new pens. Yes, as am I. I love pens. Me too. And my notebook is coming to an end, and I just, I, I was like, pens. So did you buy new notebooks, or do you have some? No, I have already. <laughs> Actually, the ones that you got me. Yes. Um, which are similar to this. So, um, Nabiurango has staples, sorry, has like all their pens on display, like every single one of them yeah. with paper, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's because people would always take them out of the package and like, and then scribble on, yeah, the, so on the price like, tag, right? Like, revert this problem and just put the fucking pens there um and i'm always in the mood for new highlighters and whatever like i love stationery yes basically. me too um so i always write with this very particular pen my black one that you've seen probably yeah. but they're so expensive they are for two it's 6.97 that's a lot it's a lot of fucking money they last forever though like I, I haven't. Know. But in the but moment, it's, still, it's a lot of money to no, drop. it's still fucking sorry for three it's 6.97 yeah but it's still a lot you know what i mean so I was like, oh, do I really want to get these again? I'm not really in the mood for any pens. Like, I don't need any more pens because I have pens. But when has that ever stopped me before? Yeah. <laughs> so I tried this motherfucking pen. And it saved her life. Guys, it glides so beautifully. Like a ballerina. She needs a moment with her pen, you guys. It's so beautiful. And then the worst part is I got home yesterday and I was like, try this pen, try this pen, try this pen. So her today, like, when what she... What the fuck? What's wrong with this pen? So my mom took it and she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then she took one out of the pack, a little bitch. Of course she did. And then my sister-in-law came over and tried it and my brother came over and tried it. My brother had no comment and I kind of wanted to gouge his eyes out with the pen. But this pen is life-changing. And I even tried it when she came over here today. And so at the bottom of my notes for today's episode... It says, this is me trying Eleni's pen. Yeah. She also forced me to try her pencil. My which, pencil is also a thing of beauty. Which she bought in New Brunswick. Gonna, yeah. So, sir, wait. We're going to post <laughs> Oh, my it. God. She's going to Google her freaking pencil. So, this pencil. We're very off topic. It's from Japan. Of course it is. Look, look how beautiful they are. Okay, you need an intervention. Look how beautiful. So, this pencil's <laughs> from Japan. And it cost oh, me $6. I mean, it's, it's a pretty heavy-duty mechanical pencil. It's a pencil. mechanical pencil, but it's so smooth. Yeah. It's so smooth, it's, that that's, that's the kind of pencil that's worth $6. Yeah. It's very smooth. Writes like a charm. Oh, my God. Don't show me your whole catalog. <laughs> oh, I just got into big, big trouble. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, 
Um, so the pencil is called Serve Swell. Yes. And the pen is called the Staple Sonics X Gel. 0.7 millimeters. Not a sponsor. Just, just. Not a sponsor, but if you want to give me money. <laughs> Please. Give but us, I do this for free, so give why us, would you give me money? Give us money for our podcast so we can advertise your pens. That's, I will try all the pens. Because that's our brand. That is our brand. Where, you want to give us books also? Oh, yes, great. please. Send us free books. Send us free books. Where can they follow us? They can follow us on Gilmore Podcast on Twitter. On Twitter. And Gilmore Girls Podcast on Instagram. Yes. Where you can look for our matchups and our stories. Yes. And you can also email us if you want at Gilmore Girls Podcast. No, no Gilmore Gil- Podcast. At, gmail. at gmail.com. And <laughs> if you should so desire, please rate us on iTunes. Yes. Because that helps people... Discover uh, us. Yes, and fun. We're in it. We're not in it for the money because we're not making money. <laughs> Although, if you pay me in pencils, no problem. <laughs> or books. Or books. But uh, we're in it to reach as many Yomar fans as possible. Yes, and uh, ratings help find new audience members, and we're all for that. So. Oh my God, we charted in Greece this week. I was Did like, we? it's my name. Yeah. They're getting, they just saw my name. They're yeah. like, this bitch. Represent. Represent. You don't have a home country. Nope. So we can't. I'm Caucasian. Can't even exploit your last name. No, just. I would say wasp, but I'm not Protestant. Mm-hmm. So. so. That sucks. Ha- well, my dad's Protestant, so half, half, halfway there. What's your mom? Well, my, me and my mom are Catholic, so okay. I know. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Thank you. We co- ended it in a religion note. Yes. That's hilarious. Um, thank you. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.